The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Like double dog dare ya! Was that wrong? You ought to be ashamed yourself. How the hell is that Mike Florio's job? So what, no f***ing now? Very special edition of the BFTPM podcast from the barn. We had the Juan Winfield Jr. interview last week from the barn. We liked it so much, we decided to do it again. And it's a fairly big day here in the barn because the guests today, the top two picks, presumably, in the 2020 draft. Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, ever heard of him, from LSU, and Chase Young from Ohio State, where Joe Burrow once was before he transferred to LSU. Those are the two guys, and I'm not going to take up your time talking about anything. Look, everything you need to know about what's happening in the NFL is available now at profootballtalk.com. You'll hear about tomorrow on PFT Live. For now, two interviews, two interviews only, nothing else on the PFTPM podcast. Joe Burrow first, Chase Young second, just like it's most likely going to be on Thursday night. So here he is, Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow. Okay, Draft Week PFTPM rolls along and joining us now, the guy who everyone who's paying attention to this process believes will be the first overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, 15-0 last year, national champion, LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow. Joe, how are you, pal? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. And listen, I've been looking forward to talking to you ever since you guys won the national championship, and I saw that image of you with the cigar because you look like a guy who is very comfortable with a cigar. That was not your first cigar, I assume. <laughs> uh, it, actually was, it actually was my first cigar. You, but you weren't green, right? Everybody turns green for their first cigar. Well, I think when you have that much adrenaline rushing <laughs> through your body, I think you can hold it off. Now, here's the question. Was it your last cigar, or have you had more since then? I have not had any since then, so that's my one and only so far. It'll have to probably be saved for the next monumental moment. Well, that could be this week. You may need one for Thursday night. I got a whole humidor full of them. I can send you one. Oh, I've I've had plenty sent to me. Don't worry. <laughs> How many have you gotten? Um, I mean, boxes and boxes. I honestly don't even know. No. Uh, here's the problem. One becomes two becomes once a month becomes once a week. Trust me on this. I'm living it now. It becomes twice a week. And then you just have to really, especially during a pandemic, when you got nowhere to go, you really have to keep yourself from smoking cigars. But you, you looked extremely comfortable and extremely healthy while smoking your first ever cigar. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Well, um, thank you. Is there a chance you will bite off the end of one and light it up on Thursday night after you get the phone call from whoever makes you the first overall pick in the draft? Uh, I would suppose there's a chance. I wasn't planning on it, but I wouldn't rule anything out. Do you have any doubt in your mind that you're going to be the first overall pick? I mean, is there a kernel? Is there a shred? Do you worry that you're just setting yourself up 
for some sort of dramatic disappointment and that there's going to be some switcheroo, something no one expects, because everybody at this point believes that you're going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching the draft enough years that I know crazy things have happened. And, you know, I've watched people on camera slip and then the camera stays in their face and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm, you know, keeping everything on the table. Honestly, I expect to be number one, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not positive about it. Now, you're one of the guys who's participating in the draft. They've got the two cameras they sent you, the one that's always on. If for some reason you're not the first overall pick, does that camera that's always on accidentally get unplugged at that point? Does it get covered up? Um, I, we'll have to see. I don't think so. I'll probably, I'll probably not turn it off, but you never know. So, you know, this has been a crazy time for everybody, and we're doing what we can to stay sane during the pandemic. What are you doing to stay in shape? Give me the idea of what the Joe Burrow workout is, given that we're all uh, under some form of stay-at-home, either order or guidelines. Yeah, so I've got a pretty good routine going. Um, Lifting on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, and then throwing three – three or four of those days last week was um three this week will be three um last few weeks that have been four kind of toning it down a little more leading up to the draft because we don't really know when you know we're going to be playing um so been doing that and then wednesday's the off day throw on wednesday saturday just a little you know bicep tricep look good day (laughs) <laughs> and that Sunday's Sunday's a bike ride day, um, so we I got a good routine going and um, got places to do it all, so it's been good. You do you ride a stationary bike, or do you do you go out on the road? No, go out on the road. How far do you go? Um, seven to ten miles, not nothing crazy. And you know that routine very well may continue indefinitely after your pick. This year's going to be so different from other years because once you're picked, you get whisked to your new city. You have a rookie mini camp. You you're involved. You've got off season workouts. From your perspective, how much harder do you think it's going to be to be ready to go week one if that's the plan for Joe Burrow with his new team 2020 season? If you don't have the benefit of the reps that typically a rookie quarterback is going to get during an off season program. Yeah, that's something that I'm I've been thinking a lot about and I'm going to have to get my own mental reps, you know, when I get the playbook. I'm going to have to, you know, do go in my backyard and practice calling plays and running through them in my mind. Um cuz you don't have those reps in OTAs and rookie mini camp and and that stuff. So it's it's going to be a challenge for the rookie year, but you know, I think I think I'll be ready for it. I think you know, I'm going to study very, very hard to get ready for it. Um, but it'll be difficult for all of us. You've shown that you can study hard and you can get good results. You graduated from Ohio State in three years. How did you pull that off? I mean, everybody's on like a five or a six-year plan now. How did you get a degree in three years? Um, so I took the max amount of classes that you could for four straight semesters. Um, and then I had 
had a few classes or a few credits out of high school um, that I was able to rely on. Um, so it actually wasn't too bad. You know, you get, you know, I had a lot of support um, with my family and, you know, they have tutors to, you know, help you understand all of it. Um, so I really relied on all the resources that I had. Was there ever an issue with balancing the coursework with the football program? And I asked that, Joe, and, and this really makes me feel old because this was before you were even born. When Robert Smith was at Ohio State, there was an issue at one point because he believed the football program wasn't indulging his desire to fully exploit the education he was getting in exchange for playing football. Was there ever any rough spot in making it all mesh? Yeah, there was. You know, certain days in spring ball my last spring I had to um I was either going to be late late to class or I was going to have to leave practice early um so it was it was difficult um and you had to make that decision if I was going to be late to class I was going to have to explain to the teacher why and a lot of times professors don't want to hear that you were at football practice and that's why you were late so it was it was definitely a challenge so was it a case-by-case, class-by-class, instructor-by-instructor thing? Uh, how, how did you resolve that dilemma? Yeah, I mean, there, I had some great professors that understood, you know, what was what was happening and understood that, you know, it's you're a student-athlete, but, you know, in reality, if you, the athlete comes first when you're playing Division One football, um, Everyone wants to say that you're a student athlete and academics always come first, but, you know, there's too much money involved to for that to be the case. And anybody that's played Division One sports understands, you know, the, the struggle there. Well, there's a real business aspect to it, and you played it perfectly because since you had your degree, when the time came to transfer, you didn't have to sit out a year because you graduated from Ohio State. Walk yeah. me through that point in your life when – You've put the time in at Ohio State. You realize they're going to go with Dwayne Haskins, and you make what had to be an excruciating decision, Joe, to uproot your life, go to a different school, and hope that that you could do enough there that they would entrust you with the starting job, even though you hadn't put in the time at LSU that you put in at Ohio State. Yeah, it was a very difficult decision because, you know, all the all the people involved with that program meant a lot to me, and they knew the work that I'd put in to become, you know, a really good player. And, you know, I sat down with my family and sat down with coach Dan, coach Meyer. And really we, you know, talked about it together. Um, I didn't want to leave. I, that's not, you know, who I am, but I, you know, I was coming off some injuries that, you know, had, had put me behind there. And it was really, I mean, it was time for me to go. and everyone in that program understood that um, my family understood that but it was very very difficult because I had developed such a good relationship with everybody there you know the Michael Jordan documentary the last dance that debuted last night it reminded me of a lot of the things about Jordan's motivation and how he found ways to push himself to a higher level how much did the Dwayne Haskins getting the starting job for 2018 how much did that fuel your fire and maybe push you to a level you otherwise wouldn't have found. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Um, it definitely, you know, I wouldn't say it made me work harder, but it definitely put a little chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, I understood the kind of work that I was going to have to put in to, to get where I wanted to get to, and I was going to put that work in regardless um, if I had lost that job or not. You know, when you're caught up in the bubble that is your college football program, they keep you busy, you're occupied, you got a lot going on. At what point did the possibility of Joe Burrow being the first pick in the draft kind of puncture through that bubble and get to you? And what was your reaction when you acknowledged that there really is a possibility you're going to be the first name called when the draft starts? You know, it was probably about halfway through the season. Um, I had seen the first mock draft with my name at the top. I was like, what are these people talking about? You know, I've, <laughs> you know I had, I knew the season that I was coming off of my junior year. And I, I knew going into that season that, you know, I wasn't going to play to the level that I knew that I could play because it's tough when you go into, you know, a new team in a new state and have to learn a new offense and then go in and execute to a high level to win a lot of games. So I knew that season was going to be tough, but then, you know, I started playing well towards the end of that year and knew I was going to be playing very, very well my senior year um, and expected everything that happened to happen. But I never thought that it was going to propel me to be, you know, in discussions for the number one pick. Um, that just never really crossed my mind. I don't really know how else to say it. It's, it was just, I mean, this whole thing, you know, I've worked really, really, really hard for it, but it's still, it's still just crazy to me. How long did it take, Joe, for you to go from that first mock draft where you thought that they were nuts to actually letting yourself acknowledge they may be right? I think I may be the first pick. Uh, it was probably towards the end of last year. Um, it's tough to, to say about that one because, you know, during the season you're so focused on winning games. Um, but you know, you started talking, you heard people start talking about it. Um, you have the little break between your, your championship game and the bowl games. Um, so that's probably when it started. Quarterbacks at every level of football are expected to do a lot of things, a lot of different skill sets, a lot of different talents. What is your number one attribute at the quarterback position? Um, you know, I would say my accuracy is probably the best thing that I can do. Um, I've always been a pretty accurate quarterback going back to high school and all of that. That's something that I always prided myself on. So when, you know, my junior year, when I completed 57% of my balls, I was very, very frustrated in myself. I'd always prided myself in completing a high percentage of my passes. Um, and, you know, there are several reasons that that number was so low, but, I mean, the biggest one is just I wasn't as accurate as I had always been. So I worked really, really hard on um, getting my feet set again after, you know, an off-platform situation, getting my feet set to an on-platform situation as fast as I could, and I think that really helped my accuracy this year. Give me something that you know you need to work on in order to thrive at the next level, something that's kind of nagging at you, something, you know, one area where you really know that you need to improve or want to improve before you're playing in the NFL. 
I mean, I think you can always improve on everything. And so I'm not focusing on one thing throughout this process. Um, something that I have worked hard on is under center um, play action footwork and getting my eyes right. Um, Cause that was a big challenge for me in my junior year, turning your back to the defense play action that way. Um, and then finding the defense and figuring out what defense is being played post snap. You had your pre-snap read and then getting your post snap verification with your back. to The defense was tough for me. Um, so I've been working on that uh, quite a bit. Yeah, Joe, I think the average fan has no idea how difficult it is when a quarterback turns his back to the defense. You know, a lot changes by the time you turn yeah. your head back around and you got to get reoriented. And it's got to be almost dizzying when you're trying to pick up where everyone is after you weren't looking, even if it's just a half second. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and so when you're play action from under center, you see everything that's happening in real time. You don't have to take a snapshot and then turn your head and it's completely different. You see it all happening at the same time. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier going from the gun play action than under center. You know, we've talked a lot about the reality that it looks like you're going to be the first overall pick. At some level, is there part of you that kind of wishes you weren't, that kind of wishes you didn't carry into the NFL the expectations that naturally are going to come with it? You know, we've seen quarterbacks who just kind of are off radar. They develop quietly. There isn't all the question, when's he going to be ready to play? Why isn't he playing better? He's the first overall pick. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. Does part of you wish – that maybe you'd be able to enter the NFL with a lower profile? No. No, <laughs> I, I wanted to be the number one pick for a long time. Um, you know, I think there is value to being able to to sit and learn from, you know, maybe someone who's who's done it for a long time and watch them prepare and then go in and, and do what you need to do. But there's also a lot of value in, and going in and playing right away and learning from your own mistakes um, and things like that. So I think, you know, if you go in with the mindset that the pressure is going to be too much for you, I think you're in the wrong, wrong, the wrong line of work. And the way you answered that was great. And I laughed because you've got to have confidence. You've got to have confidence that it borders on delusion, right? Or you've got no yeah. chance. I mean, you have to, I mean, if you can't, you can't go into Pittsburgh and win a game if you're not completely confident in your abilities. I mean, that's, it's, you're just, I, I mean, it's crazy for me to think that somebody that isn't 100% confident in their own abilities, um, like you just can't thrive under pressure like that if you aren't. 100% confident in your teammates, yourself, your coaches, and the preparation that you put in. Well, Joe, we've seen it already. You've done it. You've checked the boxes 15 times. You had one of the great college football seasons that any quarterback has ever had. So that doesn't give you confidence. And anyone who's paying attention, confidence in what you can do, I don't know what will. We wish you all the best this week. Hopefully you'll be lighting up a victory cigar on Thursday night after you're the first overall pick in the draft. We can't wait to see how everything plays out. We look forward to getting to know you better once you get into the NFL. And congratulations on everything, and good luck this week, Joe. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Draft week continues. We're here in the barn for an episode of PFTPM. And joining us now, a guy who will not have to wait very long on Thursday night to hear his name called. Chase Young joins us on behalf of Old Spice, which is donating $320,000 to the United Way on Chase's behalf, along with all other rookies from all 32 NFL teams, to help young players begin their charitable efforts as they join the league. Fans can make contributions of their own during the NFL's three-day draft-a-thon virtual fundraiser by visiting nfl.com slash relief here he is chase young just turned 21 years old the other day happy birthday chase how I'm are good, you i'm good how are you thanks for having me thanks for having me. hey it's great to see you again it's great to talk to you i remember seeing you at the scouting combine and we said before we got started it really does feel like it was a long time ago it wasn't that long ago but the world has changed how do you celebrate your 21st birthday during a pandemic where everybody's staying at home I know it sounds it sounds bad, but I I just had to celebrate it in the house uh, with you know just my immediate my immediate family. Um, I really couldn't do too much, um, so we just really just chill in the house and uh, you know um, I enjoyed my family, so um, it was all cool just being with my family. It was my birthday, so that was cool. Well, it's great you were able to do that. Hopefully, soon we'll be able to go out and you'll be able to go out and celebrate it properly when the world gets back to normal and hopefully that happens sooner rather than later how have you adjusted to the way the world has been the past yeah. six weeks i know it's one thing for me i'm old i don't leave the house anyway but when i was your age i wanted to go out i wanted to do things how hard has it been for you to adjust to being at home all the time yes yeah, uh you know um i guess uh you could go out but uh it's nothing's open, so it's nothing to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, you could go out, but it's nothing open, so it's nothing to do. So, um, I mean, only only times I really leave the house is to work out. Um, you know, right now we're trying to stay as uh, healthy as possible. Um, well, we're trying to stay on our P's and Q's, Q's with, you know, having, like, uh, hand sanitizer, um, washing our hands, um, you know, just everything in regards to just, um, staying healthy and uh, just trying to, um, you know, ultimately survive, you know, through this pandemic that we got going on. And Chase, as fans of the sport, we're all anxious to see football players on the field again. How anxious are you to get on the field and start chasing quarterbacks again? Yeah, you know, I'm real anxious. Uh, you know, um, you know, just coming out of college, um, usually spring ball would, would be will be here now. Um, so that's definitely a uh, spring ball. You know, you get back on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, you can get back to it a little bit and get, get back in the feeling. Uh, but, you know, now in the next level is no spring ball. So um, I feel like you really have to take, uh, you know, off-season workouts. Um, you know, you got to turn them up another notch. And, and uh, you know, that's what, uh, you know, I've been trying to do. But uh, right now uh, I feel real comfortable in what I'm doing. And uh, I feel um, comfortable enough that um, I'm going to put my best foot forward when, when that time comes. Well, we all know that you're going to be able to do that. One guy who's sold on what you can do is Urban Meyer, one of your former coaches at Ohio State. He recently said, God put that guy together. He said, I'm going to make one of the best defensive ends to ever play college football. How do you react when you hear your former coach praise you that way? Oh, man, it's, uh, you know, as a young guy coming in, him standing on me, you know, it didn't start like that. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, um, growing up I had to do. Uh, you know, just, you know, the, the freshman struggles, you know, when you come in, um, you know, Coach Meyer, he was, 
he was that coach that would always keep it real with me. Um, sometimes I would even ask him for his evaluation on certain things that I do. And, uh, you know, he would give me that real. And, uh, you know, I would take it and go and, and use it as motivation to, you know, work even harder. And, um, you know, he always wanted me to be the best. He always wanted me to be able to um, dominate a game. Um, and, you know, now that I, you know, I have, I've, I'm done with my career, um, you know, I can, I can look back at it and say, uh, you know, I achieved some of the things that, uh, you know, he thought I could do. So it makes me feel real good. And from your, from your own perspective, Chase, how much of what you're able to do is God-given ability versus you having determination and hard work and drive and, and an effort to get the absolute most out of your God-given abilities? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, my God-given ability was, uh, it was a lot of my sophomore year, but I feel like my junior year, the biggest switch was technique. The, the biggest reason I might have dominated the game was because my technique um, that I, I really just focused on uh, that offseason um, after my sophomore year. And I told myself the only thing I was going to do was the technique that, uh, you know, Coach Johnson teaches. And, um, you know, basically I, I did my best to try to perfect it. Um, no, obviously I wasn't perfect, but, uh, you know, my, my best was, was, was still pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy about that. What was it specifically about your technique that you changed last year to hit the higher level? Yeah, just uh, hands on uh, my my hands on pass rush. Um, that was that was um, you know definitely a a big a big key key point for me um, uh, when I headed into the offseason. Uh, my my get off. I wanted my get off to be faster. Uh, my first step out of my stance uh, and my hips, and um, also um, playing with my eyes. Um, you know, um, my, my my IQ for the game has went up um, drastically, um, you know, between my sophomore and uh, junior year. Um, you know, just the way I would watch film, um, the way, um, you know, play recognition on the field. That's 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 a, a big point for me, um, I would say, because I feel like a lot of my production um, came because I, I, I knew, you know, a lot of times it was a pass before the ball even snapped. Um, like during the Wisconsin game, I think it was the first game where, um, you know, I had like four sacks. Uh, two of the sacks, um, they, they said it was, when we watched the film, every time 37 was in the backfield, it was 90% pass. So every time he lined up as a runner back in the backfield, um, you know, I, I was pinning my ears back getting off the ball. Um, so uh, just little things like that, man, um, helped help me to be the player, um, you know, that I was this season. Chase, one thing I noticed watching your film, sometimes you're in a three-point stance, sometimes you put the second hand on the ground. When do you decide, how do you decide whether you're going to go with both hands down or just one hand down for your get-off? Yeah, so a lot of times if you see both hands down, um, if I'm on the right side, so basically my hand, so my hand is to the ball is down. The hand um, that's not to the ball, it touches the ground, but I'm not really using it. It's just there. It's just, you know, on the ground. Just because uh, uh, my arms are long, so um, I don't want to, you know, put it back. I want to let it flow and, uh, you know, just let it relax. So, you know, when the player's ready, you know, it's already there um, to engage a man in front of me. So I would say I get in a four-point stance. It's usually just a three-point stance uh, or I would stand up. And uh, a lot of times they let me choose, um, you know, when I wanted to stand up. And when you get to the quarterback, it all happens so damn fast. 
when you're in the moment, does anything go through your brain? I mean, it's like a cobra strike. It happens so quickly. Do you have any conscious thought while you're in the pursuit of the quarterback? No, it's like everything, uh, everything slows down, you know. Um, the closer you get. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Once you, that feeling that uh, you have when you do get a sack, uh, you know, it's something uh, special that, um, you know, can't be matched. Um, I, love seeing, I love seeing a pass rusher in number two. You know they're not going to let you wear number two at the next level. What number yeah. do you want to wear at the NFL level? I was, you know, um, I'm still thinking about that. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I haven't, uh, that hasn't been a real, that hasn't been a real big thought of mine, I think, right now. But, uh, you know, when the time comes and, you know, I got to pick a number. I'm a I got to have some some number. So uh, whatever number that may be, um, I guess that's that's number you're going to see. You know, all the experts think that it's going to be Joe Burrow to the Bengals at one and Chase Young to Washington at number two. Would you put a percentage chance on that phone ringing, on the Bengals looking at the film a little bit harder, watching what you do, how you get off the ball, looking at what Nick Bosa did last year, and listen to all the people who are saying you may be even better than Nick Bosa. Is there a percentage chance in your mind that the phone's going to ring and it's going to be the Bengals, not Washington, taking you first overall? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I probably thought about uh, every situation that can happen. Uh, but, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, it's not in our hands. It's in God's hands. So, um, that's you know, that's when I think about that. That's when I just sit back, um, not even worry who might draft me. Um, and, you know, just let everything happen on its own, man. Because, you know, um, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and keep worrying or keep thinking this and keep thinking that. Um, and, you know, get myself riled up. So I'm just going to let everything happen. And, uh, you know, whatever God's plan is, that's, that's, that's what he's going to want for me. Well, I can see you got the awesome Old Spice T-shirt on. I got one up at the house. You're you filling out a little bit better than I do. What what are you going to be wearing on draft night? Okay, so with my whole draft, uh, my draft, um, if it was still in Vegas, Gucci was supposed to do my suit. Um, and it's actually, it's ready, but it's in Italy right now. Um, so we're still going to see if we can get that here. Um, but if not, I'm gonna wear uh, I'm gonna wear clothes. Um, by a designer called John Elliott, um, based out of uh, California. Um, so um, I, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have the fits, um, you know, for for uh, for the draft. So if my suit doesn't come in, then I just wear John Elliott. Well, we look forward to seeing it, and we know it's going to happen early. The floor is two. The ceiling is one. His name will be called within the first half hour at the latest on Thursday night. Chase, it's great seeing you. We appreciate everything you've done on the football field. We can't wait to see what you do at the NFL level. All the best this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Chase Young and Joe Burrow for giving us some time on this Monday of draft week. Check back all week long. We've got interviews all week. We've got content all week. PFTPM, PFT Live, the PFT website, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, all the stuff across the NBC Sports platforms, getting you ready for the draft. And look, even though these are crazy times, this is kind of the culmination of the anticipation that's gotten a lot of us through the last month. And we're doing what we can 
to make the world feel somewhat normal as we continue to fight through this pandemic. And this week will be really the climax for the NFL's offseason program because after that, who knows what's going to happen. We'll worry about that next week. For now, focus on the draft. We'll be with you every step of the way. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another edition of the BFTPM Podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.